Disclaimer, we are not licensed professionals. The conversations we have about our mental health and well-being come from our own personal experiences. We hope these open conversations will encourage our audience to take notice and ownership of their own mental and emotional well-being. And maybe, just maybe, provide some cathartic laughs along the way. Hello everyone, welcome back to Therapy Check. This week we're going to go into the chaos that is the United States. My name is Andrea Torres, but sometimes I go by Andy, and I'm accompanied with... Breezy, that's my name, don't wear it out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so to all your global warming deniers that said this was not going on, you know, all of y'all, what now? What are you thinking now? Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest thing about like climate change and just like if you... one of the things that people refuse to acknowledge in the history of the planet earth there's been ice ages there's been hot points but none of them have come close to how quickly we are getting there humans been around not that long okay especially like post-industrial revolution we ain't been at this game for very long but how quickly in a couple hundred years we have pushed the planet to its breaking point versus like naturally like temperatures rising over millions of years i still i remember in my uh like what is ninth grade uh physics class we had to do an assignment where we talked about a myth and one of my classmates raymond decided to do the myth on climate change Mm -hmm. and used a graph from like, hey, here's here's the average temperature of like the history of the world. Like it always goes up. And it's like, no, 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 sweetie, sweetie, sweetie. Look at the X axis, okay? Like, look at it. Look at the Y axis, look at the X axis. You know, it's easy maths, okay? Mm-hmm. That was over millions of years, thousands of years, millennia, mm-hmm. where we finally got to a point where like, oh, it's hot as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's getting hot in here. <laughs> and then you look at humans. And I'm like, that's a couple hundred years. He said, burn it all. Just, mm-hmm. oh. And it's like, what? what is it? Around this time last year, Australia had just started to recover from the wildfires. And now we have the Western Hemisphere just being slammed with frigid cold. Like, this is, we're in the extremes. Yeah, I mean, a couple of months ago, we were burning Mm-hmm. Like we just that was just a few months ago, and now we're freezing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, this isn't normal. No, this is not normal. We have really killed our our environment, and the fact that people are still denying it is honestly crazy to me. How people are still neglecting and won't accept AOC's plan. Like mm-hmm. we need a radical change because mm-hmm. we have single handedly killed the only place we can live. Mm-hmm. And it's very frustrating because I think the thing that you'll notice is these climate change deniers are usually people who can afford to leave places like, um, you know, I don't even I'm trying to think of a good burn for this man, but I'm just going to Im- say his name incorrectly because that's all I really got. Ben Shabibo, mm-hmm. the little talking piece for alt-right conservatism was essentially talking about how like you know if sea levels are rising people who live on the coast why don't y'all just move 
Oh my God. Like, okay, because one, people are going to want to buy a house or buy area that's flooded. Like, like you can't do that. And also it's not like your way of life, your, your family, people live there. You can't just pack up and leave. That's not easy. It's always these people who come from privileged, one, socioeconomic backgrounds, but also like privileged geographical backgrounds that who can just leave. Like the people who could deny climate change live in white neighborhoods that the data shows in the summer is significantly cooler than black, brown, and indigenous neighborhoods in the inner cities that have access to clean water that are just set up. Like, I don't, I don't know what's not clicking. You're so removed from reality that you're just, you're just denying reality. And yeah, like I'm a huge proponent of environmental justice and a huge part of that is dealing with the systems that have allowed us to get to this point, um, the systems and the, the people in power. And one of these people happens to be Lion Ted Cruz of Texas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I'm pretty sure at this point people have seen his little, the fact that this man was going to go to Mexico to escape a disaster happening in Texas. Mm-hmm. with his family and then shout out to my people on twitter and social media mm-hmm. who bullied him back <laughs> to texas we're like i know <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that he was trying to play it off like oh i'm just a responsible parent and i was just accompanying my family and i was gonna come back anyways and i was Did watching you see the text the text his wife had a group chat with their neighbors and friends essentially being like hey it's really cold. Like, do y'all want to go to Mexico with us? Cause we're going to go. Mm-hmm. We have like, we found a hotel and everything. And it's like a group chat of all, obviously the people that we're referring to when we say eat the rich all mm-hmm. being like, yeah, I'm planning on going here. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Jesus. God, it's, it's gross. It's also, it's very ironic or no, I won't, I won't say ironic. Let's, let's, you know what? Forget this. Let's, let's say the facts. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are in the middle of pandemonium crisis, upon dulce, okay? Mm-hmm. You got the pandemic, for one. Mm-hmm. Additionally, you have a state of emergency happening throughout, really, the South right now, too, because very few places have been untouched, in which you've got burst pipes, freezing water, electricity cut off, people without access to internet, people without access to food, housing, without access to housing, Mm-hmm. Just all of this happening, okay? We're still, ugh, we're still, you know, imperialist America, still trying to figure out whether or not their citizens deserve money for their suffering and to help them get out of their suffering. Just trying to decide whether or not, oh, should we help them or like, should we not? The type of energy. And then you have an elected senator abandoning his constituents just to go and spread disease in another country yeah and let's be real he doesn't care Mm -hmm. he does not care but going back to that topic him running on being latino when like back in 2016 and just being a complete fraud and a sellout i think it's funny i saw a tweet about it where in which he you know he was escaping and someone was like so you agree immigrating to another place to find a better future for your family is a good thing right so I'm like, yeah, do you agree? Immigration is something people have to do sometimes, right? Yeah. 
also let's talk about the fact that his trip to mexico after his inciting in an insurrection okay war crimes mm-hmm. that means a war criminal yeah. um like at this point I, I need someone to take it to a judge get a warrant and be like yo arrest him because he's a flight risk like mm-hmm. here's the evidence mm-hmm. <laughs> keep him on house arrest or you know ideally lock him up i want that man in jail okay jail yeah but fortunately that's not gonna happen because we live where we live and this country is how it is i don't understand it's (laughs) it's one you know embarrassing Mm -hmm. but two heartbreaking Mm -hmm. i'm watching people i know who live in texas like suffering Mm-hmm. really the only people aren't even people who are benefiting everything that's happening in texas it's huskies siberian huskies who are having a great time i've seen mm. the videos those <laughs> are the only ones enjoying themselves <sighs> yeah everyone else in complete misery mm-hmm. like the and... fact that people are dying they're freezing to death like that shouldn't mm-hmm. be a thing housing is a right it should, it's not a privilege and this mm-hmm. American culture is just very individualistic. It's very like to each man to themselves. Grab your yourself from the boots or however that expression goes. It's just like you have to do whatever you have to do on your own. Yeah, and yes, that's very much one of those things where it doesn't make any sense how we live in a society that we all live in cities and we live in groups but are all out for ourselves. Like at that point, just go on. Get you a little island. Get out of here because you're not helping and it's not it's not it's harming everyone yeah i know that like the pacific northwest has been going through it like can you talk about what's been happening in oregon oh yeah uh for those of you that don't know i'm in oregon i'm in salem and we didn't salem didn't get snow we it was portland that got like i think four inches of snow i'm not super sure about that but we got freezing rain we got an ice storm so I went to sleep and thank God we ha- I, my house had electricity because a lot of blocks in my area, like some blocks stayed with electricity, some didn't. But fortunately, I had electricity. So I woke up and I looked outside. Everything was freezing. Like the grass was frozen, everything. And I didn't have a Wi-Fi or service for like almost a week. Mm-hmm. But besides that, like thank God I had electricity, hot water. And but you know that wasn't something other people had the privilege of having, and we had a lot of fallen trees because of, again the weight of the snow, the weight of the ice, like took it down, and so so thankful that oh I have two huge trees right in front of my house. If those things fall, we're dead. Uh, I had a tia that lives in the outskirts of Salem. Like no, they didn't have electricity, heat, anything for a while. Yeah, it's a struggle. It's freaking cold. I think it's getting better this morning. It was sunny, but yeah. And, you know, I, on the other hand, I'm in Minnesota, the Midwest, where this is pretty normal. Mm-hmm. And we have like, this is such a normal part of life, like the cold and dealing with dangerous conditions in the winter that we actually had to learn about it in school. Mm-hmm. Like we had survival courses. And so just for any of us who might be listening or know somebody who is in these predicaments right now in unfamiliar territory in terms of weather and just environment, I got some tips and tricks, some tried and trues from just living in good old Minnesota. So 
one of the first things like you can do to stay warm and protect yourself is keep your clothes dry you know if you're in any wet clothes from sweat or anything like that try and get that off you as soon as possible and put on dry clothes so that means if you're layering up, if one of the layers is damp, you're at risk for frostbite and hypothermia. So hypothermia is at any point where your body drops um, below normal degrees of like 98 degrees for the human body. Trying to keep yourself dry and warm. So anything that's wet, get that as far away from your body. Um, if you have, I know for a lot of people, pipes are bursting. Mm -hmm try and get to a dry area and, or dry that area up as quickly as possible. Water specifically is going to lower your body temperature quicker than say cold air. Mm -hmm. um, another thing to do when it comes to, I know a lot of people right now are having to boil water and find ways to get water because the water is shut off, mm -hmm. you know, fill up everything you possibly can and it may seem like the thing you want to do is have hot water around, but um, if any of you have taken physics before, there's a phenomenon that with hot water that it freezes faster than, say, room temperature water, which, you know, some sometimes scientifically does, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would hot water freeze faster? I'm going to hold on. I'm going to give you all the exact term. I've probably going to butcher this, but it's the Mbemba effect. So evaporation is the strongest candidate to explain the Mbemba effect where hot water placed in an open container begins to cool faster than say room temperature water. Mm -hmm. So wherever, whenever you can get a chance, you know, try and keep your warm, your water to room temperature that will keep it from freezing. Another thing that you can also do for heat essentially surface surface area so if you're in a home or an apartment or stuff like that line the floor with blankets with towels cover up those cracks to stay warm that will help and even a source of heat like candles can really really impact the room try and if you're in a household with a with your family try and get everyone into one room because you all know that when you have a lot of people in a room the body heat Having that body heat plus covering up all the drafts, the cracks, covering the walls and the windows will just kind of create a container of heat. And so another thing as well, I know a lot of people are without electricity. This is something that like I've done multiple times like around Thanksgiving when we have too much stuff and it doesn't fit in the refrigerator. You can definitely put your food out in the snow and it will, it will keep it safe so that you can always use it for later. It's very, very helpful when you're at this point in which financially all these things are happening, like that food, you, you never know when you'll get more. So you want to do what you can to keep, keep it for as long as possible. And then lastly, some other bit of advice or things that I've learned living in good old Minnesota is your feet and your head, that is where heat evaporates from your body the fastest. Cover up your head, um, cover up your feet with as many layers as possible. Also, this is a, another side note. Do not eat snow, like for, for water or anything like that. I know a lot of people don't have water and some people are eating snow or drinking ice water. Mm -hmm. That's going to, one, cause you to burn more calories mm -hmm. to warm the warm the snow up in your body to like make it 
at a balanced equilibrium with your body. But two, it's not good for you. Cause stomach issues and stuff like that. And you want to kind of make sure you're not dropping your body temperature at all um, during this time. Yeah, one thing you have to know about snow in general, the way snow crystallizes or forms in the atmosphere is it has to have a vector or a point for it to crystallize around. And usually that can be things like pollen or, or more commonly bacteria. Mm. So like at the very heart of a snowflake will be a little small bacteria that the water vapor just sort of crystallized around. So it's not good to just kind of eat quote unquote raw snow. I'm very, very dirty. So definitely boil it um you can do that with a candle not if you don't have access to like a propane tank or like you don't have fire making skills a candle can help also pets as well i know a lot of animals are dying right now this is something that many cultures um pastoral cultures that like raise sheep or cattle or anything like that or even like things like such as they use dogs to get around in the cold bring them inside it'll actually do a lot better for your animals and you um, because you have extra bodies for warmth it's a really good point i didn't know a lot of that see Mm -hmm. i've i've been born and raised well not born but raised most of my life in the west coast so Mm -hmm. I i didn't know most of these things Oh, I just thought of another one as well. (laughs) These are two things. Oh, my seventh grade science teacher would be so upset with me. (laughs) If you do have to travel at any point, like to get to a grocery store to get gas, you have to move your car. Mm -hmm. One, you have to like preheat your car up. So don't immediately start driving your car because when it's cold, oftentimes parts like it within the car can freeze. Mm-hmm. And that can be very damaging for your car if you just start driving. So you're going to like heat up your car for, and the trick is you heat up your car until you start to feel the warm air through the vents. And that's when it's safe to go. Additionally, have a, like an emergency kit in your car, blankets, a roadside flare, a flashlight, um, sometimes snacks, whatever, whatever you can, because you never know what, what the conditions of the roads may be like. Another thing to bring, um, either the two, whichever is more accessible to you, is if you get stuck and you don't have traction or you're having issues moving your wheels, kitty litter or sand Mm -hmm. can help with getting out of a ditch in case you get stuck in snow. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I saw it on Twitter that someone used their their mats inside of their car to put it Mm -hmm. under. I don't know. I don't know if mm-hmm. you have experience with that, if that works. Yeah, I've, that's something that people have had to do, like pieces of cardboard or mm-hmm. just a, like some sort of surface to give them leverage or to keep from sinking into the snow, especially if it's soft, fluffy snow. Because a lot of people don't have snow tires. They don't know how to drive in the snow. And I can say, even from Minnesota, even though we have a, a bad winters every year, like the first snowfall of the year, we average around 250 car accidents. Mm. So that's that's one of the things. So drive slow and never underestimate how much stopping time you have. Like if you see that the stop sign ahead of you is like maybe 500 yards, don't brake because you'll discover on ice, braking, you're just going to slide. That's not going to work. Ease off the gas. 
Do not, do not try and come to a full stop using your brakes. Do not slam on the brakes because you will just slide. Mm-hmm. Ease off the gas. All right. Good to know. Well, I, I definitely one of those people that ca- I cannot drive in the snow. Mm-hmm. If it's snowing, I'm too scared and my parents would never let me. Mm-hmm. So there's another question I had for you. I don't know if you have experience with this or if they taught you this in school, but what if someone were to fall in like a lake or something and it's freezing or like the, the ice on top breaks, like what, what's some advice you would give? So if you fall into a lake um, or something like that happens and you're in cold water, first thing you're going to want to do is tread water um, because treading water is going to keep you above the water and it's also going to keep your muscles moving and keep warm. The, the, one of the biggest risks that you'll have with freezing water is that you'll start to cramp up or hypothermia. The one big thing that you'll notice about hypothermia and one of the symptoms is you'll feel sleepy. You'll feel tired. Mm-hmm. You'll want to go to sleep. And you can't do that in water. Another thing, too, is what you're going to want to do is if you're stuck in ice, say you're out in the middle of a lake, you're going to want to, because it's going to require a lot of energy and effort to, like, go underneath the ice and break it that way. And it also, like, if you're stuck under the ice and stuff like that and you're just trapped, it's going to take a lot of effort to hit down and smash the ice. You kind of want to push the ice away from you. So like break it up that way, like making almost like a breaststroke Mm -hmm. to break up the ice so that you can either, one, if you're close enough, get back to shore and just break through the ice. Or your next option will be to find thicker ice because if where you broke um, the ice will be it's a bit thinner to find the thicker ice and try and hoist yourself up and out of the water and immediately once you get out of that water I don't care if you're naked and you have no clothes on get the clothes off of you mm-hmm. like that is that is one of the things that is very very fatal you want those clothes off of you mm. and so if any of you have seen any of those like animal rescue videos where say a dog falls in the ice somebody goes in it's one of the first things that they'll they'll do is take off their clothes and put on dry ones. Mm. And also when you're in cold temperatures like that, wet items, you've probably seen like, oh, somebody went outside with wet hair and the hair's frozen. Mm-hmm. That is not good for your skin or your body. And frostbite is very real. It's kind of like sunburn, but I would say it happens faster and is more dangerous. So you would say it's more dangerous to walk around with your wet clothes than to walk around naked? Mm-hmm. Because ideally in this situation, once you get out, you'll have a, an opportunity to get inside to get into dry clothes. I don't, know, I don't know if Texas is currently at temperatures that would cause frostbite. Like, for example, um, we get frostbite warnings here where it's like 10 minutes of exposure will lead to frostbite, and that's usually around like zero degrees. Mm-hmm. But the important part is to get that off of you because you don't want it to freeze onto you because that can also cause frostbite with the frozen clothes on your skin. Mm. And additionally, like you're already, your body temperature is dropping. I don't know if you've seen any, I don't know why. I, maybe these are just Minnesotan movies that we all to watch. We were always taught, like if somebody's suffering from hypothermia, you undress them mm-hmm. and you undress yourself and you, you like hug them. Like you warm them up with body heat. You haven't seen those? Where it's I like, have oh. never, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, you, oftentimes that's one of the things to do 
if someone's suffering from hypothermia, body heat is the best way to re- reheat them. It's a, it's amazing because also at the same time you can you can use snow to insulate yourself. Like people who go skiing or get caught in avalanches or like all that stuff like you can build snow around you to keep warm. But it also is just dangerous. You know, the more you talk about snow and all this, I'm just like I cannot survive in cold weathers like that. I just can't, mm-hmm. but I know we were talking about this before and you were saying that maybe that's not a choice anymore mm-hmm. in the future because, like we said before, global warming is catching up to yeah. everybody. Yeah, I think the one thing I've learned about the changes in climate that we're experiencing is that, one, you can no longer run away from it. We have this term in Minnesota for people who during winter who can't handle winter they like go to or they go to a retirement home down south in florida or they go somewhere for the for the winter Mm -hmm. you can't do that anymore you can't escape that was a that was a joke that was running around one of um one of these people i follow on twitter who's like yeah i can't stay in new york i'm gonna go visit my family down south and they're like there's snow down here you know some people don't obviously have the financial means to run away and escape and then now the climate is changing. You're going to have to adapt. And it, it's scary. Like, for example, even though it's really cold here, what is the temperature? I think the high, we have a high of, a high of four degrees. And, you know, we're, we're chilling. The squirrels are active. The birds don't fly south anymore. <laughs> we have coyotes hollering in the backyard. Like, life goes on. Yeah. It's just not fun. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just hearing you say this, I was born in Mexico City. It never gets that cold. I have lived in SoCal. I have lived in Oregon. And I've just been in this coast. Even when I lived in Mexico, I lived in Tijuana or Rosarito. Mm -hmm. Warm places. So you saying that, like, it's normal to get, like, to negatives and it's, like, four is warm for you? I'm just like, whoa. (laughs) It sounds so foreign to me. Oh no, like Minnesota, we will have, we, in the summer, we can get up to like 90 degrees with 80% humidity. So it'd be hot. And then it would be like winter. Oh, we get cold. We get down there. I think the coldest day I've ever lived through in Minnesota was, oh, are you familiar with the term wind chill? Windshield? What? Wind- <laughs> I thought it was that too growing up. <laughs> like, wind- chill like cold chill no so it's another thing where the wind makes it feel colder than what the actual temperature is Mm. so for example you'll hear of weather forecasts in the midwest or places that get cold being like oh it's 10 degrees outside but with wind chill it feels like it's negative seven the coldest day i've ever lived through was it was negative 20 but wind chill made it feel like negative 60 Oh my god. And that was the first time I'd ever like had school canceled. We don't get snow days. We get cold days. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your experience in Oregon when we had snow days? It was so annoying. Oh, I remember the first the first snow day I ever experienced. It was a uh, winter term freshman year. I had flown in and taken a, a shuttle from Portland down to Eugene. It took six hours oh my God. because there were two inches of snow 
and we were in like standstill traffic. I remember I flew in at, n- at two. I like my flight was at noon. I got in at two, ate on the plane, maybe had some snacks. Didn't get to campus until eight. Oh my god! And I was like, I'm starving. What is going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for those that aren't familiar with Oregon and cities and all that uh to get from portland to eugene is just two hours like oregon doesn't really experience like traffic either or like much traffic at all so just it's just a two-hour trip but with the snow and everything the two inches now (laughs) i was genuinely being like you know y'all are tripping give me a cookie sheet i can clear the road faster than this yeah so our Oregonians were not prepared. Like, snow isn't super foreign to us. Like, it happens. But every time it happens, it's chaos. It's yeah, every chaos. time it happens, y'all act like it's never happened before. <laughs> yeah, like, we had a lot of snow two years ago. I don't, I don't remember if it snowed last year. Uh, but two years ago, it definitely snowed a lot. And it's, it happened again this year. And like you said, it, we always act like it's never happened. Mm-hmm. Like, we really don't know what to do. We're just like, well, I guess we're useless now. My thought is really is like, y'all don't know that like, hey, there's a chance we could have a big snowstorm this year. Y'all don't have at least two snow plows on standby, just in case. Like, what? <laughs> the government. Yes, I just be sitting there like, what is going on? <laughs> it's just chaos. And then everyone acts brand new. Like, I give it to the students who are from Hawaii, students who are from Southern California, and other students from places that don't typically get snow. Like, they having a blast. But then it'd be them Oregonians that just be running around like, oh my gosh, man, I know you see snow. I know you see snow. Mm-hmm. No, I pers- I'm not a fan of snow. Mm-mm. I've had friends invite me to go skiing and all that. I'm like, no, I'm not built for these cold sports not for me you see i do not mind snow and it's not just because i'm from minnesota i get hot i can't yeah. stand heat like i'm oh my thing is this there's a difference between heat and cold when it's hot you're naked and that's it like you've taken everything off and it's still hot mm-hmm. all right you got ice cubes on your nipples you're still hot okay <laughs> Mm-hmm. On the other hand, when it's cold, there is no limit to the layers you can put on. I went to a public school in which it was fashionable and very common for people to pull up with underneath their coats their blankets or their robes. And they would have they have a blanket and everyone would be like, dang, I'm gonna bring mine tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And teachers don't say anything, like, no one's judging you. They're like, I mean, yeah, it's cold. <laughs> That's true. That's interesting. But I kind of want to shift into something. And again, me as working at a restaurant, like, it is so cold out here. And people will still go and eat out at a restaurant. And let's not forget, we're still in the middle of a panoramic. The panoramic has not left just because it's freezing outside. So mm-hmm. often when I saw people like, show up with their blankets, like, they'll show up with a blanket before they show up with a mask. I am embarrassed. I, okay, on th- two levels. 
if aliens are watching, I'm embarrassed for humans, humanity. And because the rest of the world is watching, I'm embarrassed for America. Because what I like you can't I can't even make I can't, I have no more excuses. Like New Zealand got concerts. They out there jamming. <laughs> and I'm over here like, yeah, I haven't seen my friends. Oh my gosh, it's about to be a year. Mm-hmm. It is about to be a year of being in this this mess that is the United States. Yep. And it's disease ridden population. You know, sometimes I look at my parents and I'm like, why did we why did we stop here? We could have <laughs> gone to Canada. We were so yeah, close. Could have kept moving. We could have kept moving just one more state and we're there. But no. If there's one thing America is good at, it's false advertising. Yeah. They be putting in work. Like we got them. We got them, boys. Okay, like, the way Americans perceive freedom is weird to me. Like, again, that individualistic concept, but Americans would rather die from COVID than wear a mask because that is, like, stopping their freedom somehow when it's just, like, it's just for our safety, you know? So just the way Americans perceive freedom and, like, the exaggerated way that, like, they want to portray it and, like, keep it is just weird to me, you know? Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of Americans, freedom is just simply the legal defense for violence. Like, for them, it's the freedom to harm others. The, the freedom to continue to disadvantage their fellow humans. Yeah. It's the freedom to cause harm. And, man, I've had this conversation with my mom recently where she was telling me about things that she used to believe or was actively taught in school. And I'm like, y'all were brainwashed, like, actively and never woke up. I mean, so are we. We were also brainwashed. Like, this is a a heavy topic for some people, but... 9-11 and how we prosecuted but then again the U.S. is constantly in the Middle East is constantly killing like the military is just terrible but y'all not y'all are not ready for that conversation mm-hmm. oh I got a <laughs> I got a thing in the mail from the U.S. Army being like are you ready to join and I was like on everything in this world what <laughs> like y'all thought I was Give me a gun and put me in a uniform. I think about it actively that most people who are in the military have either defended, stood next to, or are war criminals. And what is what is my standard for like what constitutes as like a war crime? It's the Geneva Con- Convention, okay? And it's also morality. You know. You know that it is, it is not right to fire on people who are civilians. You know it is not right to do a lot of things. And you don't have to be taught that. Most of these people don't even know what the Geneva Convention is, what it means and why it's so important, why so many people quote it. But y'all know, dang, should I take my anger out on my neighbor who has nothing to do with the situation and just happens to live on the same street as me? Like, you know that's not okay. 
you know, the thing with the military is that it's so heavily funded. But mm-hmm. when it's funded, it really goes to creating weapons. And, like, that money really goes to, like, the higher ranked. And I, unfortunately, dated men in the military. So I got a little glimpse of that world. And honestly, once you sign up into the military, you just give out your freedom, the freedom that you really want. Like, you really signed a contract. You signed your life away. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't really do anything on your own especially if you're active duty like you can't just just gonna leave because if they call you in you have to go there is no choice so and then they don't get that much resources either like I did a marine and what resources did he have so often what the military would do was like go to poor communities and be like the only your only way out of poverty is if you join the military but then often we see veterans out in the street like often we see people not getting those resources and complaining. Like we've all seen the TikToks of people of people in the military that, that say that they regret signing up for the military. Like the military mm-hmm. is just, I have so much against it, but. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Nasty. Ugh. Also, one of the things that has been the most frustrating about everything that's going on, like, Because I can't even just say it's just a pandemic. It's multiple things. Mm -hmm. It is people struggling financially, just going through the worst of the worst. We got little conquistadors over here profiting. This is about Kendall Jenner and her dumbass tequila. Oh, okay. The 818. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so many, the wealthy just never seem to lose. Mm-mm. Like, they always seem to benefit off of other people's suffering or other people losing out. Like, how Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Zuckerberg, all of them made more money in the pandemic than ever. Yeah. And then you also have celebrities trying to cash in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ma'am, I hope those tequila proceeds are going to charity. What are you doing? Also... In something that I would say in an area with such a defined culture, to take the the name 818 Mm -hmm. to kind of jump over or, you know, erase kind of like mom and pop distilleries that have been making tequila for years, Mm -hmm. for generations. Once again, this is this is Miss Queen of Pepsi herself, Miss (laughs) I will solve police brutality by giving cans to cops. Like I genuinely, and this is another thing too that we have to start realizing when it comes to celebrities or people in positions of influence, they are not sorry and they are not dumb. Like they're very aware of what they're doing, especially if you've had controversy like this in the past. You are aware and don't care. She knows nothing of the culture, Mm -hmm. nothing. And is just trying to like profit out of it. And like you said, it's so easy for celebrities to just throw money at something and then they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, but for someone that wants to start a business, it is so hard to start anything. Mm-hmm. Like the research you have to do individually, like the resources, like everything costs money. And with the pandemic, it just makes it so much harder for her. So for her mm-hmm. to just come and be like, by the way, I'm dropping this. And it's just like, like, you know, nothing. 
you haven't even tried. I'm sure she just like threw money at someone and she's like, make it and like put it under my name. You know, like she knows nothing. She knows nothing. They have just been so sheltered. Just like the whole thing with Olivia Jade. Like we know, like she later went to the Red Table Talk and she was like, yeah, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't, honestly, I don't know if you saw it. Did you see it? Mm -mm. No. She went and she was like, yeah, I am aware now and I'm sorry now. And she's just trying to like, restart her presence online and I'm like I'm not personally I'm not buying it mm-hmm. like even she admitted that she didn't really understand what the big deal was because in that rich world like it's so common for them to just buy their way into college so for her to just be like oh now I get it yeah because we regular people like we have to put in so much work and mm-hmm. you can just have mom and dad just put all the money and you're fine so, like, that's that's really annoying, in my opinion. I just find it funny that she's like, I didn't understand, or I didn't realize that corruption is bad. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I don't. I really, I personally, the whole, a lot of people get upset, and they're like, cancel culture is bad. Nah, honey, I have yet to see any successful canceling. Yeah, they always come back. If anything, it just helps them. If anything, what is it? I think, I don't know if this is a tweet or something like that. It's not cancel culture, it's consequence culture. Yeah. Like, hey, this is what you did, it was wrong, and here are the consequences. Where are the consequences, though? For white women, they don't exist. Olivia Jade will come back, no problem. Yeah. Lori Laughlin, she chilling. White women, no consequences. White men, maybe, occasionally, sometimes. But white women never. White women, white be white women be white women. You know. I've also noticed this when um, specifically white female celebrities get in trouble, they really be playing into white supremacy and the patriarchy. But specifically the patriarchy in the whole sense of like they will infantilize themselves or make them seem like they had no control or autonomy and like i didn't know it's such a big wide world out there how was little old me supposed to know they play into that stuff hard yeah and i'm just like when i do it like even then when i'm like i didn't how was i supposed to know it's a joke like people are like ha 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 you don't know like it's a character it's a bit that i do i will never benefit from it I will never be able to be like, you don't understand. It's been hard for me. I, how am I supposed to know these things? No one is ever going to take me or you seriously in playing that, that that little bit for white women and where works for white women. Okay. I wanted to bring this up to you and see what you thought, but I've been accused of being racist against white people. So... (laughs) (laughs) You know, as much as people like to claim and, like, scream reverse racism or, like, discrimination against men, Mm -hmm. I try my hardest. I actively try, and it doesn't work, and that's how I know it's not real. (laughs) Um, Reverse racism, if you want, if someone hits you with that, if you're racist against white people or stuff like that, you know, the term racism, anything that ends with an ism, Mm-hmm. implies that it is institutional. So when you say institutional racism, it's redundant, okay? So reverse racism 
doesn't exist because racism against white people is not institutional. So when people say you're racist against white people, um, I don't, I also think of it like this, where you have generations, you got ancestors, you got evidence, and you got personal history to back up your fear or mistrust of white people. Yeah. But you do not have any power to uh, take their life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness away from them. They have that power to take that away from you. So you can discriminate against them, you can be prejudiced against them, but nothing you can really do will ever actually harm or impact them in any way aside from their feelings. Yeah, then I think, yes, I am Mexican, but I am also white. Like, mm -hmm. I am a white woman as well. So I'll be like, oh, that's not okay. Like, to my, my white Latino folks that are just super, like, the Latinx community is racist. It's mm -hmm. classist. It is, there's so many things wrong with our community. So, like, I will call them out. Often the response will be like, well, I'm oppressed too. And I'm like, this is not a competition of who's more oppressed. Like, mm -hmm. we should be there for each other instead of you being like, but I'm oppressed too. Like, no, like, this is not what it's all about. So, mm -hmm. that one, I think you're the first Latina I've ever met who's like openly claimed white ever. Like, it's, al it's always been a point of shame, or I've had, uh, I've had this with some of my friends where it's been an argument of, no, 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 I, like, I'm indigenous, and I'm like, I mean, there's a chance, but do you know that for sure? Like, you, when you, when you claim, like, I'm indigenous, when you claim that, you're erasing indigenous people who are alive today, cultures, like, you're trying to, like, co-opt that. It's like, do you have confirmed ties? Or are you just saying that to avoid any responsibility you may have with your white privilege? Yeah. So I have a lot of privilege that a lot of people don't have within my own community as well. So, and this is not something new. What I'm saying, it's not like something that, oh my God. And that's what, just for me being a white woman, shouldn't be the reason why y'all start listening, you know? Because mm -hmm. indigenous people, like, Black Latinos have been saying this for so long and y'all don't listen. So for me to be a white Latina and now say it and now you're listening to it, like, and this is my podcast, you know, but like, I just, something that I've learned is I need to learn when to shut up and to just help. Like there's, mm -hmm. my voice doesn't have to be louder than the people that are actually struggling, you know? Yeah, I think, I think that's very interesting, you know, a good place of humbling. One of the things that I had realized recently was I have, so, you know, my friend, the one who was racist, homophobic, anti-black, you know? Yes, yes. yes. Know. Okay, that one. Oh, was, why were they my friend? Audience, you tell me. Anyway, <laughs> um, but they said something about Cubans, mm -hmm. and it was pretty problematic, but it was my ultimate favorite moment, and I was like, you know that's racist, and they're like, no, no, it's not, like, Cubans look like me and I was like exactly when you think Cubans who are you imagining in your head who are you erasing mm -hmm. because a lot of times people will operate of like when you say like Latino mm -hmm. they have a they have an image in their head yeah and with that already you've just you're excluding and erasing people one of the most important documentaries I've ever watched 
I think it's on Amazon Prime if you ever want to watch it. It's about it's called Being Black in Latin America. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene at the very end where they're talking to these historians, they're talking to these community members who they interviewed, and at the very end they do a DNA test mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. They're talking about like, oh yeah, like there's there's different classifications there's like mulatto um, mestiza like all these different classifications and like if you were this you were better you were worse blah 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 but like it doesn't really matter today it is not important today then this one woman got her test back and it said she had african blood Mm -hmm. and she was like i don't believe that's accurate oh my god Mm -hmm. and was like incomplete like just denial was like no no and i was just one of those things where i was like one I grew up for a very long time believing that blackness or black people was a localized phenomenon. Like black people existed in the Caribbean, Africa, and (laughs) the United States. And then I was learning more and more and I was like, oh my gosh, I really just lived in ignorance. The racism that white Latinos have against the black community and people with like more indigenous traits or that are indigenous is just overwhelming and too just hypocritical mm-hmm. i i had a oh i can't believe i was friends with this person is that, are we a, still talking about the same person yes okay. i have a um i have a friend who uh, whose family is from oaxaca and this person this ex-friend of mine when they saw them was like oh i can tell and it was very dismissive. It was very patronizing. It was, let's just say what it was. It was racist. Yeah. But me and my failed belief that like, oh, you don't, you don't know the, the implications of what you're saying. I will choose to educate you or I will call you out on it and we can grow from there. Nah, you knew exactly what you were saying. Problematic. And I can't support anyone who has racist or just... Ugh, opinions about other people like I don't I don't it doesn't make any sense like how can you be homies with someone who's like yeah I don't like these people because of this the only exception I could possibly give you is if these people historically were your people's oppressors Mm -hmm. I'd be like okay obviously there's we got to work through that that's some generational trauma we're adjusting we're growing Mm -hmm. but if you just out here Ugh, with for no reason, for no reason, or for the reason of trying to, you know, I guess, shine in the eyes of white uh, supremacist society. Nah, out of here. For example, like, if any of my friends, and if any of my Latinx friends are like, man, freaking Spaniards, you know what I'm not gonna do? Say anything. I'll be like, yes, you, you process this, you put this out there. All right. I think that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining. You can find me on Twitter at T-O-R-R underscore R-R-E-S one. And if you liked trying to, you know, keep track with our brain trains or, you know, just going on this emotional whirlwind of laughter, anger, and Nazi hating, you can find similar content on my Twitter page at Libra, that's L-I-B-R-A, Thugga, T-H-U-G-G-A, on Twitter. I have been your lovely, lovely host, Breezy. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.